You're deep in a dark dungeon and the cleric's down and dying And you've taken all the potions you had left And you feel like you are doomed because the demon you set loose is coming after you And you can smell its breath Don't ever give up Hello, welcome to the Real Plane Exchange. I'm your host, Adam, and joining me today are co-hosts... Noah and Chris. And today we're going to do our post-Gen Con wrap-up. No, the only thing I got to say to you is Gen Con. Gen Con. Woo! Okay, there we go. The excitement's palpable in the air here today. Um, <laughs> it's been like two weeks. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to try to go over all that we can remember and all the swag and whatnot. And, well, me and uh, Noah, or Noah and I, excuse me, were able to go. Chris uh, it was unfortunately unable to, so... We're probably going to make him feel a little less about himself today, Chris. So I'm, I'm sorry that you're just going to have to suffer through all the fun of waiting in line. I'm just imagining everyone there looks like the Magic the Gathering ass crack guy, so. <laughs> well, I got, I got some really good first impressions for you here. But to start it off, I'll regale listeners with my tale. I know jack shit about Gen Con. This is the first time I went to it in its full entirety, and... Uh, spoiler alert, absolutely loved it. But uh, I purchased my tickets, I think they went uh, on sale like January 22nd or something like that. Does that sound right? Yeah. No? Okay. Yeah. So I just – and when when you purchase your tickets with Gen Con, I mean it's pretty much gates open at like 11 or 12 or whatever, and you make the purchase, and then you're put in for a hotel lottery. Well – uh, beginner's luck. I was fortunately one of the first ones with, uh, or, you know, I was, either, I was close enough in the lottery to get a hotel that was adjoining the convention center and, you know, within a block or two of the convention center. So I lucked out there, but I didn't know what I, I didn't know how to Gen Con, guys. I, and I Is just like bought the ticket. Bigger pardon? Is it like Dougie? Uh, it's, it's a little worse because nobody tells you and you just gotta learn, like, the, the entire, uh, theme I'm going through on this is what I will do next time. Uh, so I assumed that I could show up Wednesday for trade day. Uh, it's kind of, would be beneficial for me to show up to trade day as I'm an educator and I can get professional development credits for showing up to it. And they had a lot of really interesting lectures going on that day. So I just bought a ticket. But I rented a hotel room for the uh, three nights I would be staying at Gen Con, and that's it. And uh, about three weeks before Gen Con starts, I look, and it's like, no, you got to have a ticket for trade day. And all the educator tickets had sold out. So I was sad. So I found a trick out. With a press pass, you can get into trade day for free. So I applied for a press pass, and I was given that. So with the podcast, I was able to actually show up to trade day. But I didn't really get to see all of trade day, unfortunately. <sighs> like the seminar started at like 10 in the morning, and I got there about 10, 15, 10, 30 because of traffic. And I just literally had my wife drop me off on the side of the road, and I ran to, uh, to the convention center. And I just stood in line and waited for my tickets as the events started ticking by. Like an hour goes by, I've already missed one panel I was going to go to. Another hour ticks by, I miss another panel. Finally get my ticket, figure out where the uh, uh, panels are being held. And it turns out I was in the wrong line the entire time. 
press passes are picked up in a different location. But I did get the kit, get the um, the press badge. Nice. And that was really nice. And the panels were really interesting. I went to one on using Minecraft in education, and I went for another where they made like a math game, like role play mm-hmm. game. It seemed really cool, but uh, yeah, it's kind of lackluster. Now, now, Adam, I don't know if you know this. Okay. But most role-playing games use math. Wait, what? <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a shocking development. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. I only play Dead Inside, which doesn't even have dice. I think his game was called <laughs> Math Quest, man, and it, it was a cool concept. See, I'm not a math teacher, so I, it didn't apply to me. I just went because it sounded cool. And you would play a robot that woke up as a spaceship crash-landed on a planet, and you're trying to figure out what's wrong. And it would give you math problems that were tied in with the game, like, you know, there's a leak going on in a certain room, and water is just pouring into it. Like, how much time do you have to uh, to escape the room before the water, you know, drowns you? It was... <laughs> Word problem, the game! <laughs> Alright, so I know what's hot right now. When do they mention Cthulhu? Not at all. <laughs> how how is Glancy tied into this math quest? He wasn't, but we do have good Glancy stories. Uh, Noah more than I. <laughs> how how many oh, hours? Oh man, do I? Verse? <laughs> oh, I, I don't but know how to answer. Longest, what is the longest anecdote we have on the uh, ten millimeter bullets? <laughs> oh jeez. Believe it or not, they don't really go over a lot of ballistics and firepower in an educational panel. I mean, that's kind of a taboo. I don't, I don't know if you've been watching the news since 1999. I have been watching the news. I feel like we should be going over guns at this point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will uh, go ahead and finish up. Uh, and this is the bit, of, the tidbit of information I would like to impart on everybody. Cause I know Noah got into this mess, and you could take us into your your pre-Gen Con day, but um, mm-hmm. by the time I finished all my panels, filled out all the paperwork to get the credit and all that, I was on my way to uh, find the wife and kids. I brought both children up there, which worked out better than I could have possibly dreamed. But by the time, uh, like three or four in the evening, tra- the line from Gen Con went, I would say at least 80% the length of the actual convention center itself because, uh, you know, ticket booths were set up like, you know, three quarters of the way through. But then it was wrapping around the exterior of the building around the corner far from site. So if you're going on day one to pick up your stuff, I would get there early or be prepared to stand in the line. It's a fast-moving line, but it's a long-ass line. To begin with, I think next year yeah. I'll probably just pay to have the tickets mailed to my house. Yeah. So, take uh, it. my take Gen it. Con started uh, at about four o'clock in the morning when I got out of work, uh, ran back to the hotel that I was staying at, packed up all my junk, got a, a, a quick shower, and then started on the road by, I think, about Five? Five-ish, yeah. Yeah, you um, were. I can remember you posting pictures on the group me chat yes. at, like, six. Yeah, yeah. So, 
Um, I got to drive all the way from the mountains of Virginia through West Virginia, through Ohio, into <laughs> Indianapolis. Oh, dread Ohio. You haven't yeah. been to West Virginia, though, sir. <laughs> no. No, I hadn't. And <laughs> while spending almost a month in Ohio was probably one of the most boring experiences of my life, driving just the the... I guess probably like three hours, three, four hours spent driving through West Virginia. Probably been some of the most depressing time <laughs> of my life. Because, man, that is not a fun state to be in. So when the first thing you see crossing over the state border is a giant billboard saying, The Rapture is coming soon. And then a mile down the road is the billboard for the all-nude strip club. <laughs> like, you know you have hit a fun time. Motherfucker, have you not been to Florida? <laughs> I've been to Naples and, like, Orlando once. Oh, um, One time I drove up to Orlando um, from where I am down, like, near Miami. And for a good ten-mile stretch, every, like, quarter mile there was a billboard about how abortion is evil. And it's a sin against God. Yeah, there was plenty of those. Uh, I saw... No, no, uh, no. I mean, like, this was all the same person. Oh, God. It was a story. Wow. Yeah, it wasn't quite that bad. But uh, I also got to see signs for, like, full-on tent revivals and all sorts of crazy junk. (laughs) Um, But, so... Adam wants me to tell the story. Yeah, this this is the best part. Now, let me preface Noah's story real quick. (laughs) All right. So I have driven through West Virginia, then through Virginia, then through the Carolinas. I've went down that path. It's – if you take the interstate, there are two tolls. There are two fucking tolls, and they're probably within 10 miles of each other, and then you're done. So for you to get out of West Virginia, which pretty much if you're going by 64, it uh, goes – Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, 64, it's like pretty much when you get past Charleston, that's when you, you will hit a tow or two. It will cost you a total of four fucking dollars. Now, Noah, <laughs> so I don't like having to deal with tolls because I rarely have cash on me. Even change, like, I just don't have it because it's the 21st century. But, so I automatically set all of my Google Maps to uh, no tolls. So, following Google Maps through West Virginia, I would be on the highway, then I would get off the highway, then I would be on the highway, then I would get off the highway. Like, every, like, maybe 10 miles or so. Um, And at one point... I got off the highway onto this road that started out as, like, a a two-lane, you know, one lane forward, one lane back. Two-lane, like, nice paved marked road that turned into a two-lane unmarked paved road (laughs) into a single-lane unmarked paved road with two halves of a gravel road on either side. I have those two lanes... But the paved lane was in the middle. So this is like turning into a murder house. 
no, seriously. This was it was a really fun, interesting drive because it was <laughs> nice and curvy and like it would go through like the mountains and it was really pretty and everything. But like it was by like all these different people's houses and like there were really like kind of kind of sharp rounded turns on hills. So like you always had to make sure that there wasn't gonna be somebody coming from the other direction, which I ran into like three different cars coming the other way. <laughs> Like, you do realize, and I know I've said this to you in Indianapolis, but this is almost how wrong turn starts. I mean, I know, right? Um, I will say, jumping ahead a little bit, coming the way back, I did set it to have tolls because I actually I got some cash at that point, and <laughs> it's still even with Good the tolls adults. on, it still skipped me over the first toll, so I only paid two dollars. I cheated the system. We were sitting at the table at Champs up at uh, Gen Con with a yeah, couple of our PPR people, and like, like he was telling his story, and like, I mean, there were stories of butt rape getting like kind of bouncing around here jokingly, but like, we almost took out a hat and just like did a collection just to get him on the safe route, man, just on the safe route. Christ. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was interesting. What's it was, nice? it was, so. You know, you also I, I made another through. interesting stop, Noah. Tell us about that one. <laughs> uh, wait, which stop is that? Was it stop in Dayton? No, no, no. Near a, near a certain uh, flying statue. Oh, so, oh yeah. So I was going through uh, West Virginia, and at the start of my trip of West Virginia, I was like, hey, "West Virginia, Mothman," because that's where my brain goes. Um. And then I did not know where Point Pleasance was in West Virginia. I just knew it was in West Virginia. Oh, yeah, it's like so as I'm driving through almost to Ohio, I see, you know, like Ohio, like so many miles, whatever. And I see a sign on the side of the road that says attractions. And it's like a couple different things. And one of them is just like Mothman Museum. Well, I'm like, oh, whatever. Mothman Museum. Okay. Gen Con goes on halt. You go on the back burner. I'm stopping him wherever this place is and going to the Mothman Museum. It's like 7 o'clock in the morning at this point. That's that's good thought. Good job. So I, I stop in Point Pleasance. Uh, the Mothman Museum wasn't actually open, my chagrin, but they still have the giant, like, silver statue of Mothman. So I went and got a couple of pictures, and it was great. <laughs> it's nice. a great time. Uh, and then I got back on the road to Gen Con. Drove through Ohio, which was boring. Uh, drove through Indiana, which was also boring. Uh, I didn't think you could get any flatter than Ohio, but apparently you can in Indiana. And that's about it for my trip. Got into town, went and got into Will Call line, because I always do Will Call, because I never know where I'm going to be at when they ship the badges, I don't ever want to lose it in like the mail or whatever. So when I was standing in Will Call, the line was from the where the Will Call desks are through the convention center, out the door. So there's this um, little street corner that's angled, or the entrance into the convention center is angled from the street corner. Um, and it's directly across from the JW Marriott, and it has the statue of like these two people getting like their pictures taken. It's really weird. And the line was coming out the door into, like, that little, like, square on the street corner. 
And so we got to stand in that line for maybe an hour. I think it was an hour. Got my badge and then proceeded to just go to bed because I've been up past, I think, for like 25 hours at that point. So, yeah. So that was my Wednesday. It was an entertaining one. I forgot to add a little bit tidbit of information for people, too, which your hotel mentioning. Help me out. So when I booked the hotel, mm-hmm. I didn't book Wednesday night. So I had to find a hotel off-site. So I ended up staying about two or three miles away in a sleep-in, and the only room that I could get was the honeymoon suite. So my kids and I like and wife were all just sitting there in the sleep-in, and it was kind of neat. Even there, you could see people like in the morning as they're getting ready to. They had like a like a van ferrying people to and fro the hotel. They actually yeah. had um, people were dressed up in cosplay automatically. I mean, not automatically, but you know, immediately. Wrong word. Now, I would like to pre- like go back and talk to our friends in West Virginia real quick because I know with. As of today, we had 895 um, listens or downloads for our website, so I don't want to, you know, cut off that sweet West Virginia area. If you can't tell by the way I speak, thank you, two people in West Virginia. <laughs> I am one of you. In fact, I have I went many I went to many concerts in West Virginia. I've seen Kid Rock in West Virginia, not by my choice, but I was there. I saw Kid Rock. I, I really can't make up oh, an excuse God, for that. Why? Um, <laughs> they, they all keep me Why? winning. But, Chris, the, the big arena in Huntington, West Virginia, was built for rodeos. So it's literally set up like like a stockyard, I guess, like the seating and all that. Like, and that's where I saw Kid Rock. But, and that makes it okay? No, I'm just telling you. I'm giving you the flake. I'm, I'm letting our people know that I've been there. I've been there to watch I Hate God. I've been there to watch Hank 3. I've been in that bar that was so filled with cigarette smoke that my eyes burnt, and I'm a smoker. I mean, like, you've also <laughs> been to see fucking – look, haven't you seen fucking ICP? They were uh, they were there. I saw them in Louisville, and I went to that show because Cole Chamber and Mino Self-Indulgence was going to be there. Not a reason. Don't judge me. But, uh, <laughs> it's hard not to. I must regale you with this, and Noah's heard this story too. One of my most West Virginia moments in West Virginia, which I'm from Kentucky, don't live far from Ashland, which is right next to, um, you know, Huntington, was at a Hank Williams III show during the metal set. The vocalist, which is not Hank, took a mic and hit himself in the head till he bled from his head, and then he leapt into the crowd, and he landed. Pretty much his head was on my leg when everybody finally caught him and all that. And I had blood, a blood-stained pair of pants somewhere. And this big-ass woman, which I'm not going to weight shame her, but I was intimidated by her size. And I'm 6'4", ran up and grabbed him by the head and started licking the blood off of his scalp. I have been there. I have seen things. But I digress. We'll do our West Virginia podcast later. I mean, (laughs) I will say. I go to a fucking lot of punk concerts. And I don't see this shit. Punk rednecks are different, sir. Yeah. You did impress Caleb quite a bit with your your Hank the Third and other, like, concert stories. Oh, yeah. Caleb Stokes was impressed as hell that I, I actually got to you, see Jesco White. Yeah. 
That was, that was uh, good. Yeah. Uh, also, my hotel was like four blocks away, just past the um, the uh, Indiana uh, Capitol building. Yeah. So that was a trudge every day. Uh, and it was especially worse because they were doing construction directly in front of the uh, the Capitol building. So it basically cut off one of my primary routes from the last time we stayed at that hotel. So we had to go like down and like around like a block to get to the the convention center in addition to the like the four blocks we already had to walk. Yeah. Also, I was not aware that Indianapolis has a canal. <laughs> I, I hadn't found it yet. Where the fuck is that? It's down by the hotel I was staying at. Like, there's a there's a canal in Indianapolis. I was like, I'd stayed at that hotel before, and I still had never seen a canal. <laughs> now, on on today day one of the actual event. Now, at this point on, it's going to get really blurry for me, and definitely when I talk about the evenings. But like, like I'm just going to give you highlights of things that I can remember on day one. First off, I'm leaving the sleep in. And we're driving around looking for parking. Well, surprise, there's no fucking parking. Even at the hotel that we're booked at, parking is filled up. So we drove around a few minutes. I missed opening. Walk. Don't run. I missed all that. And we finally, we ended up driving down by the zoo. And we pulled in just to actually turn around at the zoo and try a different way to find a parking spot. And a woman I, here's a little tip for you guys next year. If you don't mind walking a mile and a half for two miles, zoo parking is five bucks a day. You just park down there if you don't mind walking. And uh, we turned around, drove back around, couldn't find parking, and then we went back to the zoo. Now, my daughter, who is four years old, now my wife is staring at me pretty fucking hardcore right now. <laughs> guys, I saw her in Here's the way it goes. Like my daughter sees zoo and she's like, oh, oh, oh I won't go to the zoo. Wait, wait. Could you hear that? No, here. Come over here. Speaking to Daddy's mic. No, you don't. Ara does not see you. They look Ara. It's zoo. So essentially, my wife is getting frustrated and all that. So. I throw her body onto a grenade. Like, I'm like, well, she goes, fine, I'll take the kids to the zoo. You did volunteer for that. I wouldn't have signed you up for that. <laughs> listeners at home, she is looking at me like, no, you didn't. <laughs> she bought my wife, my lovely, beautiful wife, volunteers to take the kids to the zoo. She, she bitches immediately that she is wearing solid black. And it's a hot as fuck day, but I had bigger fish to fry. I had to make it to Gen Con. So I helped her get the stroller out, and it, like... I'm just waiting for the shoe to come in from off camera and hit you. I mean, Andrea is justified at this point. (laughs) She she had a pretty unique experience, so I just run off and, like, like any good husband, I went out to get cigarettes. Quote, quote, I left... (laughs) I'm going to dork fun. I, 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 I'm going to have fun dork heaven. You guys do all your things you want to do. I'm a bad father. <laughs> Judge me all you want. But uh, so I, 
I had to walk two miles almost. I, it seemed like two miles, and it was like really, really hot. And I was really getting a bad case of swamp ass probably by the time I got there. But I'm in Gen Con. And I think the first thing I do is I run to the – God, what panel was that, Noah? Which RPPR panel? Because you were one of the first people I see when I go to Gen Con. That was the uh, GDW Live panel. Okay. The, so the Game Designers Workshop Live deal. I just I make it in the building, don't know shit, just follow the little signs around, find Union Station, which is where it was being held, walk in the door, and then we have our moment. Yes. <laughs> we finally meet face to face. It was it was amazing. There was, there was music and birds and everything. And I was still taller than him, Chris. But I never brought that up once during the entire event. <laughs> Sorry, what? I'm taller than Noah. Have we ever established that yet? Yeah, no. <laughs> Noah is a weird shrimp while we are normal humans. <laughs> no, he's like 5'10". Yeah, he's a weird shrimp. 5'10". Giant sons of bitches. But anyway, we'll kind of – I'm digressing. I'll, I'll uh, gloss through that. And this will lead me to one of my biggest mistakes of the evening, and I will turn it over – yeah, now the wife thing was probably bad. She was she was pretty pissed when I saw her that evening. <laughs> but um, here's what I did, and I, I I would immediately do this differently. So when I when I signed up Chris this year for Gen Con, and if you get to make it next year, which I hope you do, I wanted to catch a lot of panels, and that's really all I did. Like I, I played two games the entire time I was up there. That wasn't like after hours kind of deal like that. I, I played two games. So I left the game design workshop panel and I had my only other game. Like my first game of the, the entire time and it was Greg Sozy doing one of uh, the scenarios from uh, what the hell's that book called? It's coming out for Delta Green. Um, Oh, uh... Observer, observer? No, not Observer. No, nah, Observer, observer affects the scenario, is the scenario. But, yeah. Um, oh, shit. I, control group. Control, control group. group. So he was yeah. doing one of the, the sessions in Control Group, and I had a ball. But I took... I brought my... Zoom. Somebody had a good time. Yeah, somebody got to see Stosie. <laughs> you could... What's that? What's that? What's that kind of hit? What's that kind of hit? Um, but I had the recorder with me. And I was leaving for Stosie's game, and Noah was leaving for the Glancy game. And I was like, well, I'll just take this on to Stosie and all that. Well, the game rooms that you play in, Chris, are loud as fuck. Like, I hooked up the setup, and I could tell immediately that I wasn't going to pick up any audio worth a damn. I mean, there was literally people two tables away from me screaming. So I should have let the recorder go with Noah. Now, Noah... Take over your narrative. How you? How do you? Okay. How did you start your so, day? so my day. Uh, I got up fairly early um, to get down to the con center. I I had intended on doing my my payday cosplay the first day, but holy shit, it was really hot this year. So that kind of rolled back on itself. Um. But I got down to the convention center, uh, met up with Caleb, and then a bunch of the other RPPR people and the other people in the uh, that group me showed up, um, and we we all hung out above the uh, convention, like the exhibit hall, 
for a while. Um, when the convention hall, when the exhibit hall opened up, uh, I ran down there to to get inside, and I um, swung by the uh, the Arc Dream slash Pagan booth, talked to um, a bunch of the the people there. So I talked to Glancy to see about like what time our game was going to be, stuff like that. Um, talked to uh, Greg Silsey, who actually recognized me, I think partially because uh, the last time I saw him, I was wearing the exact same outfit. Um, really? Yeah, no. Because um, one of the games that I played with him, I was wearing the Payday cosplay, and I was wearing that same outfit when I went down there. Um but he recognized me. I mentioned, you know, he had done the podcast with you guys and stuff like that, and that I was the one guy who wasn't there for it. Um, and, you know, we, we chit-chatted and stuff like that. Um, don't think I picked anything up then. I think that came later. I think that was the next day. Um, and, yeah, I just walked around just a little bit. There was a bunch of, bunch of, bunch of people in there. Um and then uh, went back to the hotel room, got changed, uh, and made it to uh, the Columbia Club, which is in the uh, center of Indianapolis at Monument Circle, which is this big like Civil War monument that is gigantic. Um, and the Columbia Club is a really old, uh, like, proper gentleman's club uh, that has been turned into a hotel. And met up with Glancy and three other people, one of which is Tom Church from RPPR, and then two other guys who had also backed um, uh, the Delta Green Kickstarter. Uh, now, my game with Glancy, I walk in, and there are two bottles of scotch on the table. Nice. There's a, a bottle of Lefroig and a bottle of Delvini, I think, uh, that two of the people have brought. Uh, so there are five people in the room, one of which doesn't drink. Uh, and between, let's say, the game started at around two, didn't get out till like maybe s- seven, I think. Uh,. In that time, between four people, we decimated two bottles of scotch. When I saw him that night, Chris, around 8 or 9 o'clock at Champs, he was still fucking lit. Yeah, no. I think it was I think it was mostly me and Glancy, because um, one of the other guys had to leave, like, about three-quarters of the way through. I mean, this sounds like but, my normal night, so... Yeah. yeah. No, uh, it, was, it was pretty great. Uh, got like a nice buzz, healthy buzz going on, and got to play a, a Delta Green scenario with with Scott Glancy and a bunch of other really cool people. It was based off of the the Nodens thing. He's been pitching around for um the new Delta Green. Uh, so like wounded warriors being recruited by Nodens to fight uh the Mythos. Primarily Narlathotep. Um, I'll just kind of leave it at that in case this actually becomes a, a scenario in the future. 
Um, so yeah, so we did that. We hung out, talked a lot. There was a lot of like jumping in between, like random anecdotes and like stories and the actual game itself, which I both do and don't regret getting that recorded, just because I don't think it would be a very good listen. Yeah, but it was. It would be at least a listen for like an AP sort of thing. But otherwise, I think it'd be kind of interesting. Um, I wish I wish that I'd sent a recorder with you. Was it quiet yeah. when you read, or was it kind of loud? No, yeah, it was real nice. We had like our own like little private room that apparently um, the Arcturian people had set up for uh, just having like backer games and stuff like that happen um, for the entire convention. Fuck man, uh, I really yeah. So after that, we got out the game. I went with Tom down the Champs, where we met up with a couple of other people from the RPPR like community. Eventually, Adam and some other people show up, uh, and we just all hang out and have a, a good time uh, before heading to the JW for like open gaming hangout time with everybody else. And that's when you told your, your Jessica White story and all that, I believe. Yeah, and we talked about Guar and Caleb and I had a elaborate conversation of Waffle House. I enjoy, I, yes. I enjoy. Uh, there was the Waffle House conversation. There was Caleb's uh, diatribe about how depressing Missouri is. All sorts of great stuff that I wish I wish had been recorded. Chris, he, um, said, he literally said what I'm going to tell you. He said that like he, at, the, at a Waffle House, he once saw a waitress get between two men who were having knives and put her hand against one's chest and push him out the door and then lean over and pour a cup of coffee while doing that. Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I still remember the one time I went to a Waffle House when I was, like, I think 19. And, like, you look at me and I'm just the worst nerd. Like, I have, like, a solar car t-shirt on and, like, I'm, like, doing, like, fucking... I, I am doing, uh, like, volunteer work for an engineering school. You know what I was doing at 19, Chris? Going to an ICP concert. Of course you were. <laughs> of course you fucking were. Keep going um, there. So anyways, um, and this lady, like, walks over with, like, like yeah, a pot of coffee and my hash browns, which have everything on them. She's like, this is really good hangover material. And I'm like, thanks, I've never been drunk. I'm looking at you now. You're a pro. <laughs> uh, I am literally drinking scotch straight right now. <laughs> Out of like a coffee mug? Yeah. Like half, that's a half pint you got in that glass. Um, that's not a Waffle House anything, coffee uh, I know you impressed Bill a couple of times with your, your oh-so... Southern uh, turns of phrase. Oh yeah, he uh, he enjoyed the phrase when I was t- I was actually telling him the story about the woman lick- licking blood off somebody's face, and I, when describing her size, Chris, I said, "Man, like I'm not saying she's big, but I, I wish I had a country ham her size." And like he, he enjoyed that. Oh, of course. <laughs> Wait, <down laughs> localisms. Oh boy. I live. I live. Farther south than all of you, and I'm the only one who's a fucking northerner. But dude, like in all fairness, like Florida's the only Yankee state in the south, so I mean it's like 
Uh, no, it's not. Have you been to Florida? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm counting South Florida. Like North Florida is like, it's Texarkana, not Texarkana, but like Alabama, basically. Yeah. I, Tom Petty's from there. I understand, sir. Uh, uh, we, we digress. We'll, we'll save that for our geography. <laughs> our geography episode. Uh, so I believe that was it. Pretty much it for yeah. Thursday. I mean, we set up drinking. But I didn't think we were drinking there, but we just there wasn't. No, there wasn't that much drinking going on. That happened mostly Saturday night. Yeah, Saturday night for us so, at least. Yeah, Friday. I mean, yeah, Friday is kind of a blur. It was we went. Uh, I went and caught the uh, red markets. Uh, play. Uh, not play mm-hmm. test. Like I wish I was a play test, but I, I did the red markets thing, and then we. Uh, the Both. playing Red Markets panel. Yeah, which had had uh, Laura, uh, Laura, what's her, Limehouse? Uh, Laura Briskin uh, Limehouse from the uh, Technical Difficulties podcast. She's also the editor on Red Markets. Um, her, Caleb, and Ross, obviously, yeah. um, were doing, did a panel on, you know, basically just like a, a sort of a Q&A panel seminar kind of thing on how to run and play Red Markets um. Then I think we I think went to the uh, Patreon one. That was pretty much the yeah. Best. There was the Patreon afterwards with Matt Campen of the Drunken Ugly, uh, and Ross Faust. and uh, Foss from uh, the Thrilling Intent slash Third Wheel YouTube uh, actual play podcast thing. That's when we actually started working too. We recorded that. That's that right. Podcast. Uh, we we turned into the the sound men. I. I I think I mentioned at some point I wanted a shirt that just said staff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> along the back of it. And Noah jumped in like a, like a champ. I got a, I got a crazy <laughs> on this here. So I'm sitting here with wires. Like, like I'm doing lapel mics, Chris, but like, I, I have only one wireless mic. And for each wireless mic I bring in, I gotta do like a receiver, like plug in a receiver and all that, and I couldn't count on outlets, so I was doing a wired setup. So I'm sitting here trying to untangle wires, and people are walking in the door, and Ross is waiting on me, and I'm just fighting through it, and Noah jumped in and helped me, cause apparently I had a look of frustration on my face. Yeah, you were, you were, you were, you were freaking out just a little bit. Not like a, a lot, but I could tell that like you were, <laughs> it, was, it was getting there. Yeah, so I, I jumped yeah. in and I started like kind of spreading out the cables and helping you get things untangled and get mics clipped on and everything and help do the the audio test and all yeah. that. So we were like fucking champs by that last Delta Green panel. I mean, yeah, we, were like, we did it. I think three, four. No, you did it once by yourself at the the Unknown Armies panel. Yeah, and that, and then uh, I was there for both of the the Delta Green panels to help you out. And he did the uh, Das guy, Zuchi or yes, uh, Luzaki. Luzaki. How the fuck? Oh you? man, how was that? that? Was a... I, I haven't listened to it yet. That was a panel. That was okay. So if you've ever looked up um, his, he they've had his uh, his basically his sales pitch on YouTube before. If you basically look that up and spread it out into about two hours, no, up into about a 90-minute pitch. That's pretty much the panel. Um, um, so who is Luzaki? Like, what is this? I was, I was about to say, so Luzaki, um, he is one of the guys uh, that 
he's the the guy behind Game Science Dice, which are the the really nice like sharp edge, truly random, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, oh, dice. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's been in the industry since it was, uh, since it became an industry, basically since like 1974. Um, he's been making dice, um, and. So he goes on this long, long uh, like rant about how the way that you make dice and stuff like that, and how um, his dice differs from like other brands, primarily like Chessex and stuff like that. How he got certain like any of like the really weird, uh, like odd sided dice, so like a D three, a D seven, D fourteens, D thirties, D twenty fours, stuff like that. Um, he helped design and get those into production, stuff like that. Um, so he has this huge long pitch about his dice and and the history of them and how to like roll like certain types of dice correctly and things. So it is quite the earful, <laughs> and it has a bunch of like really like old timey like not even dad jokes but like grandpa jokes. Oh, uh, no. yeah. No, I, it is a weird panel to listen to, but I definitely recommend at least listening to it at least once. Um, and he did a magic trick at the end, which is great. <laughs> he does a magic trick at the end of the panel. It was great. That makes it so much better. I wish I could have. I, I didn't know it was going to happen because I wish I could have gotten it like on film. But uh, I just set up the um, the recorder on the table. So I'm sure there'll be a moment where he says something and then you hear like a loud clattering of dice. And that that's the magic trick because then everybody applauses. Okay. <laughs> I feel like every single panel should should just end with "Is this your card?" <laughs> well, he holds up like a a, a big like a D six, um, and then I forget what the the setup is, but then he like he drops it, and obviously it just like opens up whatever. But a bunch of dice it turns into from one giant D six into a bunch of dice. Oh my god! It's like the most bare bones like like dollar store magic trick. But That's so tacky. I love it. <laughs> It's great. Uh, Luzaki is a legend. That is awesome. Like, and here's how this all went because like Friday was pretty much panel, panel, panel. I even went to one afterwards for like podcasting. I was like, well, hey, I'm a podcaster, so I in fact skip watching Ken and Robin talk about stuff live because I figured something out. That would already be on the internet, and as I'm walking, actually. I'd made it back over to the main area and went through the dealer hall and then I was making my way back to Union Station. I followed Ken Height over to the where the podcast panel was and he was talking with somebody I get I got the impression that uh, the guy like the guy was trying to get into the business or something like that and Ken was being really nice and gracious and talking about it and then Ken Height gets over to this other area of the, of the uh, convention hall, I guess you could say, or that other hotel, and then he stops and realizes that, no, he's in the wrong building, and he's got like five minutes to get back before the show starts. So I haven't listened to that Ken and Robin episode, but I'm sure he walks in late. But it, it made me feel good, guys, because I was lost the entire time, and Ken Hyde's been going there since it was there. So anyone can get lost at Gen Con. I was really hoping yeah. that story would end with Ken Height cursing out some random person. Oh, Ken Height's <laughs> always cool. Just be like, you motherfucker. <laughs> you son of a bitch, you did this to me. <laughs> I should have stopped. I was like, Ken, aren't you supposed to be at a podcast? But I was 
you know, I didn't know what to say. So I did that, and then I did the podcast one about, hey, you, well, how do you do a podcast? And then they told me, like, hey, you need to get people to listen to you. And that, that, a, that made a lot of sense. It's a little late for that, isn't it? Well, shit. Yeah. There's well, our the problem. Hey, the only thing I took from it is he's like, how many of you guys got a, got a uh, Patreon account? And a bunch of people did not raise their hands. He goes, why not? So, listeners, you heard it first. Eventually, we shall come to you with our hands outstretched and our, <laughs> our empty can. Our, our tin cup. <laughs> begging for your change. The San Christogen con money. If you could give me enough change to where I do not end up, like, losing money each month like if you could help me pay web hosting i would call it a win and then you could have a warm feeling but that will come in november or something but um don't give them a date gee I, well fuck like anybody listens to it it'll probably have 8.96 don't say that either i'll edit it out people listen to us um surprisingly they do I'm, I'm thank you each and every one of you yeah that's pretty much like Friday night, unless Noah has anything to interject, like I'd like to know what he did. Was that when Friday. he went to eat with Art Dream? God, I don't even know. Like it, a, it all starts to blur together. I think it was the Scotch. Um, I, I, Friday, I think I spent a good hour or two in the exhibit hall, wandering around. I picked up a couple of books. I think I was, uh, picked up a couple of books. Um. I was looking to see if I had my my little scribbled out Gen Con schedule, but I have no idea where that's where that's at. Personally, I think this is. I the don't. Day. I don't remember a whole lot that happened on Friday. I think this is the day, I day drunk in a swamp. <laughs> oh, we got drunk in shit that night. Uh, no, that was. Well, that's maybe, maybe you did. I think that was Saturday, Saturday, because it was like the last day. Oh, uh, I got drunk that like night too. Day. That's right. Hmm. I didn't get super drunk, but we no yeah. Friday was the uh, the meetup. So yeah, uh, Friday night was the the RPPR meetup. So we all crammed like sardines into a can into a, like one of the smaller um, panel rooms that they have at the Union Station. Uh, we all hung out, had a good time for a while, and then we moved to like a room down the hall to have. Uh, Hang out and play like board games and stuff like that. We had drinks um, and pizza. Yeah, drinks and pizza. Um, everybody like talking, playing board games and stuff like that. Um, I uh, I got to play the um, the Bloodborne card game, which had premiered uh, that year or, or this year. Yeah, that year. Like I'm talking about this super far in the past. At uh, some point, it will year, be that year. Yeah. Uh, Got to play that with uh, Jeb and Joe and Ross, um, and then I pulled out the. <laughs> we played Munchkin first. No, no, no. I uh, Munchkin came after, I think, didn't it? No, like we well, ended it was... on we ended on okay, wrestling. So... Okay, so it was Bloodborne, Thulu Munchkin, which I'd never played Munchkin before. Um, so that was interesting. I almost won until, like, everybody decided to just dick me over, you assholes. <laughs> and then I pulled out the piece de resistance, 
WWF Battle for the Belt board game. Oh my god. It's so bad. Oh it's god. So bad. It's a board game. It's a board game in like the lightest sense of the word, in that you just literally like you move your pieces around a a circular thing, and then you roll dice. You roll these two huge d twenties. They're they're. Did I bring my dice? I don't think I did. The battle boulders. They're called battle boulders. They're two big-ass D20s. Like, they're big enough you could kill a man. Like, they're almost billiard ball-sized. Yeah. And on each side, they have numbers, and then they have a wrestling move on them. What? (laughs) They have a wrestling move. Like, 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 the 20 is, like, the pin. Uh, Like, 17 is, like, the mandible claw. 18 is, uh, like, the tombstone pile driver, stuff like that. And when you get into a fight with another player, which the the board itself, like, folds out, and it's just a circle with, like, some lines going into the center. That's, like, the, the final arena. And on each square, there's different, like, challenges where you have to... You're You're fighting over, like, different, like, endorsement deals. So, like... Food deal, movie deal, TV show deal. Like, it's ridiculous. But you also get these four, like, little fold-out panels that form the ropes of the ring that you set up around the board. It's, it's, it's crazy. And then you get all these little standees of different wrestlers, only one of which I think is dead. I'm not sober enough for this. I'm yeah. too sober for this. Excuse me. <laughs> and when you, you get into a fight with another player, you just roll... Each one of you takes one of the D20s, the battle boulders, and you roll them, and whoever gets the higher number wins. Like, that's it. There's nothing beyond that. No. And the, Like I said, the best part was us playing with Ross, and so here yeah. we were. Ross was so indignant, and... and like... He he picked the the rock as his standee character, Dwayne and Johnson Rock, Matty the, the, thes, the, the thespian Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and it, it just it just turned into like a pitted battle between me and Ross because I I did this to him for the for the Dan and yogurt sponsorship. Yeah, yeah, that was that was that was awesome. Just us playing that horrible ass game like that. And he, he stayed there the entire time and made snarky-ass comments. And I was disappointed that he didn't mention what fun he had with us on the RPPR post-Gen Con one. I'm not really offended. I can understand completely why he'd block that memory. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that was most of our Friday night, I think. I just got to meet and hang out with a bunch of really cool people. So yeah. Saturday. Uh, are you weren't ready to jump over to Saturday real quick? Uh, yeah. Uh, Saturday. Uh, Saturday, more or less. I mean, it kind of went by real quick for me. I recall, I think I went to an Army's panel Friday. Maybe it was Saturday. No, it was Friday because we swapped off and you took it to mm-hmm. the dice thing. But um, Saturday, uh, panels that we went to, I, I caught the Delta Green pan, panel and then we caught the other Delta Green panel, mm-hmm. and I ended up playing Upwind. I don't even know if I'd mentioned that to you that I had a chance to do that. Mm. Jeff, uh, I want to say Barber. I'm going to have to look his name Jeff up. Jeff Barber. Yeah, Jeff right. Barber. Okay, I had it right. Yeah. Jeff Barber ran a uh, a game for us 
with uh, Micah was there, you know, Micah Nielsen, and uh, mm-hmm. do you remember uh, Copper? We uh, met yeah, Copper. Uh, Copernicus. Yeah, yeah. But, but he was there, and there was uh, some other guy. I think his name was Alex. We sat down and played that game, and I'll tell you, man, like that was really fun. It, and uh, Upwind, they use the uh, they use a deck of cards in lieu of actual dice, and uh, you you everybody's got their own deck of cards, and there, there's one Joker left in it, and that's like your big badass move card. And then you will take a like a suit and pull it out of the deck, and that's like your special like your like special abilities you use that deck to draw from. And then you have the other three suits over there. And the thing that impressed me the most about this, which uh, Jeff already mentioned that he would be happy to do a, uh interview with us, which we'll probably record that in September for uh, Upwind. It's going to be kickstarting in October, and I'll definitely be back in that, and I urge everybody to. It's almost got this gumshoe point-spending mechanic built in it. So, like, you'll have some cards that you could play, but you're kind of deciding what numbers you want to lay down. Like, what do you want to risk now for this move? Because you know you may need a, a badass move later. And if you take damage, all it does is it takes cards out of your hand. So you, you can hold eight cards in your hand. And if you get hurt, like, for each, you know, more damage you get, the less cards you get to hold in your hand. So right. I was very really impressed with it. It was super yeah, fun. And it's um, it's a, like, not necessarily a, a, a task resolution mechanic, but like a... A scene resolution mechanic. Yeah. Where, like, I didn't get a chance to actually play in it, which I kind of regret. But, uh, like, listening to, like, his pitch and stuff like that, it's basically um, when a, a, an event happens, you basically say, like, I want to do all of this. So, um, your ship is being attacked by sky pirates. Um, so, you wanted to. Def- so. My action would basically be: I want to beat the the sky pirate captain and impress all of his his uh, underlings so that they join our side. And then everybody else would say what they want to do, and then you would play your 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 cards, and that's what would happen. Like you would play out that scene, and that would be it. Like you don't have to do like multiple rounds of like fighting or anything like that. It's just all all uh, resolves at one time through, like, what you say you want to do and how you play your game. Awesome stuff. Yeah, which uh, makes it a, a very fast-paced game. Uh, after I did that, and we did Delta Green panels and all that, mm-hmm. uh, I did vendor hall stuff. I went out to eat with my family, which I did that on Wednesday. You what? I'm sorry. Yeah, my family went with me. I'm sorry. Um, like, I had supper with my wife Thursday before I met up with Noah at the JW. I don't remember seeing her Friday except in the morning. Who, who so, I know, <laughs> right? Like, dude, she's a trooper. Like, like she, she, my wife, like, even went in. She saw more of the door hall than I did, but like, she had a good experience with it, with the kids and all that. And but I actually went out to eat, eat with my family, and then we did the uh, last Delta Green panel. Which every time we did a Delta Green panel, it was amazing. I thought I'm, I would have went to that panel regardless. There's some of them that if I could redo. I wouldn't have went to, but anytime Greg Sozy and Adam Scott Glancy and Kenneth Height and Shane Ivey are in a room, like just just fucking go. 
It's great. Like you could you could listen to the recordings we did on uh, Unspeakable Oath, which mm-hmm. Shane was gracious enough to give us a shout out. Yep. On his page. Thank you, Shane. I know you're a listener. But uh, <laughs> after that, yeah, that was all that. Let me. I'm gonna jump back a second. So I think you are right. So Friday for lunch, I was hanging out with with Ross, and he was like trying to figure out like where he wants to go for lunch, uh, and then he decides that he's gonna go get lunch with. Shane and Dennis from Arc Dream. So Shane, Ivy, and Dennis Detwiller. And I'm like, and I'm with Ross at the moment, so I was like, hey, do you mind if I join in? He's like, yeah, sure, whatever. So we start walking out of the convention center looking for food, and uh, we get joined up with a couple other friends of mine uh, who came up with me to the convention. So there's like like five people plus Shane and Dennis, and we're just trudging through downtown Indianapolis, and we end up at the Columbia Club, and we get inside, and we get to, like, the room where they have, like, all the backer games and stuff like that, and we all sit down, and I think that's when Shane kind of realized that there was a bunch of people following him, because, like, wait, are, like, are you are you all backers? And we're like, oh, n- no, like, we were coming to have lunch. So we kind of imposed ourselves onto a lunch meeting between, like, Shane and Dennis and Ross before like one they did one of their backer games, so we had lunch. Uh, yeah, great. It was real. Yeah, real smooth. So we we actually had like a, a, a quick lunch and we had a lovely conversation. One of the other um, the one of the actual backers for the game showed up. He works at like Microsoft. He's a really cool guy. Um, but. He showed up. Uh, we had this nice conversation about like video games and and tabletop games and and the convention and all that stuff. It was a real cool time. I made it back to the convention center afterwards, um, where I won the Delta Green Green Box. How the hell could we have skipped over that? <laughs> I, I I couldn't remember which day it happened on. So Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, the Arc Dream booth had a a green box, which is an, a, a a thing in the um, Delta Green, which is a thing in uh, Delta Green. It's basically like a, a a secret storage box that you keep all sorts of stuff for other Delta Green agents. The first day, um, I had signed up for it on Thursday and Friday, and I didn't make it to the drawing on Thursday, but on Friday, I actually had enough time to get down there. Cat Friday made it down to the drawing on time. They called a name that I forget first. The guy wasn't there, so they called the second name. That was me. So I got to open the green box, and inside was a signed copy of Eyes Only. Um, nice by all the uh, all of the authors, which is a Delta Green uh, supplement. A bunch of original Dennis Detwiller art, which is really cool. Probably my favorite piece is this nice, really. Really nice full color painting of Amigo. I got a X-ray of a human skull that appears to have something inside of it. I got a a pair of ponchos, an empty flask, a Christmas shoe full of glow sticks, a tape recorder with a tape inside of it that plays creepy noises. And then when I came back the next day, because they had meant to put some in, I got some uh, some like rounded stones that have elder signs uh, etched into them. So sweet. That was really cool. I think they're going to be doing it every year now. But yeah, so that was a, a really neat little thing. So Saturday, uh, Saturday for me, we were supposed to have a game with Greg Stolze. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. 
Oh, Greg. I love you, Greg. I love you to death, but Greg didn't show for our game. It turns out that he was sent to the wrong room and ran a... Which, apparently, he ended up in a different room, and he ran a game for our group that was there that apparently their GM didn't show up for. So... He's played it forward. I get it. Yeah, I guess. But so clearly, we need to have Greg run a game for us. Exactly. Yeah. the The biggest disappointment was the fact that this was a second Gen Con for one of my friends who was going to be in the game, and both the first Gen Con and probably his first time ever playing like Delta Green or any sort of like real role playing game before. So to not have the GM show up was kind of crappy. It it sucks. But well, uh, it's understandable. Yeah, I think he was probably chastised enough by Shane and other people because we we, we let them know that hey, no idea where Greg's at. Like we were getting kind of worried for a second there because like nobody's seen Greg that day apparently. So bullshit. Yeah, he ascended. We did we did take a nice picture of Greg. Oh yeah, that was at funny. the game table. <laughs> and that it was an empty chair with a pair of dice and a pencil. It's like, sure, I'm having a great time with Greg Stolze. <laughs> I remember seeing so, that. So, yeah. Uh, that happened. Then uh, we did the, the Delta Green panels, did the Luzaki panel. The Delta Green panels were really fun. There was a lot of people. Got to ask a couple questions. Um, got plenty of really good advice for running like Delta Green scenarios and things like that. <laughs> then Saturday night was another oh. sort of meetup where when I think when we arrived, everybody was already kind of wasted, and then it just kind of got worse from there. I know I polished off the bottle, the bottle of Kraken. And, uh, yes, there was a very large bottle of Kraken and then a slightly smaller bottle of Kraken, <sighs> along with a bunch of, uh, bunch of beers... Some scotch. A bunch of different kinds of beers, some scotch. Yeah, so there was games of like Channel A and Exploding Kittens being played, and eventually all the games just kind of stopped, and it just turned into a bunch of random like shouting and yelling and, and conversations and, and stuff like that. I think Adam left a bit ways into it. About right? a bit when ways. did you leave? Yeah. Noah's grasp of time is a little funny, folks. A bit ways into it is four fucking a.m. <laughs> yeah, no, we we stayed up till at least like eight. I Did think. you go to Steak and Shake with them? We went to Steak and Shake. There was a train of people going to Steak and Shake. Yeah, so that was that was fun. David from RPPR was was there. A bunch of R, a couple of RPPR people. Sean was there. He was awesome. Yeah, uh, Sean was there. Um, Sean got. Really messed up. Uh, he, he he was he was going pretty good when I saw when I left. Yeah. Uh, so they were there, but uh, David kind of left led the party into Steak and Shake, and forewarned the the waitresses that we have a lot of really drunk people coming in, but we're going to need a table for like ten people. So nice. which they were they were more than than helpful. They they made sure that everybody was taken care of. Nothing terrible happened. There was a couple times where people started to fall asleep at the table, me and myself included. Of course. Of course. Um, yeah, I was really tired. I was even. I, I only. I did not drink as much as like anybody else there that was drinking, but I was still really tired because I had been going since like seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah, um, sleepy boy. I 
yeah, and alcohol just makes me sleepy. Um, so we we did all that. We stuffed ourselves full of cheap burgers and shakes, and then we we kind of split back up and all went back to our respective hotels and and passed the fuck out for a couple hours. So yeah, that was pretty much Saturday. Did you have anything really going on Sunday? I I tried to catch Ross. He uh, loaned me a uh, couple of clips for a lapel mic and a uh, thirty gig card, and they, they left so early. Of course, they had to drive eight hours to get where they're yeah. going, and I only had to drive oh, like boo. three. Eight hours. Okay, but uh, I, I I regretted not getting to get uh, to say bye to you, so I gave your uh, LHs I smuggled up for you. I gave them to my sister-in-law who lives in uh, yeah. Uh, so, on my way back on Monday, I stopped at uh, I stopped at the area I was working at just to get some uh, working at a couple months ago in Ohio, and I picked yeah. some up. So. Sorry, I could no worries. You. I, I Apparently, tell you, you can order it online, so I might just start doing, <laughs> doing that. that. They'll start selling them at Cracker Barrels too. Like they'll be higher, but I think it's going nationwide. The oh, uh, nice. the thing I want to mention here is like, and we kind of glossed over this, and I want to. Like, we've been doing this for a while, and we'll probably wrap it up here pretty soon. The thing that I want to mention, first off, is I'm a secret weeaboo that Noah <laughs> forgets often. It's not a secret at this point. You guys fucking... No, no, here's the thing, is that we were, uh, we, we were playing Channel A, which is like a... Um, I forget what the easiest thing to equate to, but it's basically you're, um, you're making you're a bunch of... It's nerd-troped cards against humanity. Kind of. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the easiest way to do it. But you get um, two, uh, like, genres, and you have to play using a hand of cards that are uh, anime, like, stereotypical anime titles, like title words. You have to make a, a, a new anime and then describe it and make it match as close as you can to that. Those, like, two genre cards that get played. And... Uh, a bunch of them are actually, like, real titles from real anime that have just been kind of chopped up and they use, like, the correct fonts and all that. But I keep forgetting that Adam is, like, a top-tier weeaboo. <laughs> Fucking nerd. So we're sitting there and, like, you know, we're playing Channel A, and then Adam, like, lays down, like, this series of words and does, like, this beautiful, like, description of, like, what the show's going to be about. And it just dawns on me, and I just stand up and point at him. I'm like, that's right! You're a secret weeaboo! How do I keep forgetting? So I, I think I did it twice. I just floored everybody. It actually got to the point that I just kind of let somebody else take my spot. Actually, I think I let you take my spot. Yeah, you, I took over your spot. And I just sat back and made comments and stuff like that and had a great time with you guys. But I, I think I, I floored them uh, Saturday night, too, with one of my yeah. uh, a spunky teen whose parents are dead, but he lives with his hot aunt and blah, blah, blah. You <laughs> yeah. know, that was yeah. fun. So you fucking nerds. Hey, live it, man. That's a place to be the nerd. Like I saw more utilicilts than I knew what to do with. And I don't know oh, what to do with a utilicilt. That's cool, dude. It's whatever. It's like, I've never seen a more free place. Like in my life. It was just like people were, if they were dressed up, they were owning it. And it was great, and it was just – I did not have one bad experience the whole time. Like, I had a couple of people ask me where the hell I was from. 
when I opened my mouth and started talking. But and like one of them, of course, it took me a while. I talked with Noah about this this morning. I walk. I'm wearing like a big metal shirt that says Kylesa because that's what I named my daughter. I'm standing outside for a vape break, but I was just called a smoking break because that seems more masculine. But I was standing outside. <laughs> oh God, it's Christmas getting up and leaving. <laughs> no, just I'm done. But. Uh, <laughs> Somebody walks up and sees my shirt, and then he goes, hey, man, do you like I Hate God? And it perplexed me for like two weeks, and I realized, oh, yeah, I got tattoos, and I Hate God tattoo on my legs. But uh, the dude asked me, he's like, where are you from, man? I go, I'm from Kentucky. He goes, Kentucky? So apparently I say it like that. I don't know. <laughs> but, it, but everybody was really cool. Like, And I, I got – Sometimes I feel like I'm too ironically detached for Gen Con. <laughs> I think you would. There's a there's a there's a niche for everybody there. Oh, hey, um, there's the hipster nerd the hipster nerd group. Oh, dude, there's some twirly yeah. mustaches. You fit right in. Oh there, yeah. Dude. Because you know me, I can grow facial hair. No, but you you can sit there and talk to those guys. You can hang out with those people. You, you could tell you could tell them about your favorite brand new album, and they'll they'll be happy. <laughs> oh. Um. So Sunday for me, um, I didn't leave until Monday. Just because, like, I want to make sure I get everything I can, and I'm not, like, in a mad rush to get home. Uh, so, Sunday, uh, I hit the dealer room one more time, picked up, like, one more thing, said bye to a couple of people. Then uh, I went and hung out with uh, Adam and Laura from Technical Difficulties, um, and we played a – they're working on a, um, a con scenario – or red markets. Were oh, like you were in on packet. Awesome. Yeah, I, I, I showed up late to that scenario, but um, showed up for that. That was a really good time. It was interesting in that by the end of the scenario, we had basically like broken up the group. Like just events that happened had caused like people to get ostracized. Mainly myself. A couple people just like ran for the hills. It was it was nuts. There were several points we were just sitting there chanting TPK, TPK, TPK. Was Garcia the uh, one raising hell in that group, or was was that you doing all the horrible uh, things? No, Corey. Corey actually didn't do. His character was like head in the clouds. So there was plenty of times where like he wasn't like paying attention to anything. Like he was just sitting there, you know, head off in the clouds. Patrick's character was the the hustler. And we found out that one of our characters was also an immune, so he decided to contact the DHQS to sell them out and shit. Like it was, it was nuts. Like the uh, it was a fun scenario, but like it got super fucked super quick. Um, so we did that, and then it was just kind of chill and and hang out for a while. We got some dinner with those people. Yeah, and then it was just kind of get packed up, get ready to go, and leave in the morning. So, so. I'd like to uh, take a moment here since we're going to be wrapping this up pretty soon and we'll probably end with um, just a little bit of advice for anyone uh, planning to attend next year. Chris, feel free to ask any kind of questions there, but I, I want to take a moment here to mention that I left with more friends than I started with up there, and that was that was really a great experience, and I think that would, if you do Gen Con right, that's exactly what's going to happen. Like George and Jen, i got to give them a shout-out. They were Super cool. Mm-hmm. Welcome me in open arms. Aaron from RPPR. Just, I, I've actually played, you know, Overwatch with him occasionally, so we knew each other before going up there. But 
super humble, super amazing guy. Sean and David, they were awesome to hang out with from RPPR. Fish, do you remember? Did you get to meet Fish while you were up there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was awesome. I mean, there was just tons, tons of people <laughs> that we got to interact with. And next year's Gen Con will already have been started. So unless I decide to uh, burn my personal days one week into the school year. I probably won't be able to make it up here until Friday night, but uh, this one trip to Gen Con has totally cemented it for me that in some fashion I'm going to have to be there next year. I, I can see what all the hype's about. I can see that the people that's formed in this community that we're, that we're a part of, it's, I mean, it's, it's just a big deal, I guess you yeah. can say. So I'd like to thank everyone. Noah, I have not even thanked you, man. It was a pleasure to yeah, get it was to great see you in the, person. Yeah, I will finally will, meet in person. I will bitch about Noah real quick, like on something. <laughs> Not, nothing I'm just mind. saying, personal smell. Uh, like, when we left the last Delta Green panel, like, dude, I'll talk, like, as long as there's, like, silence, I will be filling it with words. I talk a lot. But, like, like we were trying to make it to the JW for open gaming, and Noah took off like a Kenyan track star. And I'm sitting there walking after him. Like, we're not running, but we're walking really fast. And I am a uh, total cripple, by the way. So I'm sitting there, like, hobbling as fast as I can. Like, <laughs> like he didn't Sorry. know that. I, no, it's okay. I wasn't going to ruin your fun. But, like, well, if we got in a foot race, the bear would eat me. All right, Adam. Just so you know, if I go up, if I end up at uh, Gen Con next year, you can, like, piggyback ride on me or something. Because you weigh, you weigh, like, four pounds. <laughs> Thank you, sir. But uh, I never said anything on that big of a deal. Yeah, I totally like, did not mean to do that. I think a lot of my walking pace comes to the fact that my father is six four, so he has a very wide stride. So having to keep up with him whenever we would go walking around and stuff like that. Oh, he must be disappointed in you. I know. <laughs> Happens when you have a dad who's six four and a mom who's like five three. I I could tell you this though, Chris, and I'm gonna add this in there. Well, no, tell you what, no, you do your shout outs and I'll add this in later. I, I found what I was wanting to say. No, no, let's just size shame Noah. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'll do you. I, mean, I didn't for like he was like out of the prize. Like for a moment, he like we were talking and then like we got out on the street. It was like business, and he was like, <laughs> and I, for a moment there are like, times. Okay, there are times when like. If I get into like a crowd or something like that, like, and this is how this is kind of also how I drive. I don't like being like stuck in with a bunch of people like in front of me going slower than me. So I want to be out in the open. <laughs> so you're out in the open with like not a lot, like a, a good bubble around me that I can maneuver around people if need be. So what so you're like, me is that you drive like an asshole. I do, but... <laughs> but uh, here's my reasoning for being... Well, here's my reasoning, is that I just don't want to be close to anybody in case something happens. In case they want to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, like, if we get outside and, like, we're on that, that, that sidewalk where all the people gather in front of the... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Keep going, I'm sorry. The... I'm just talking with you. The uh, all the food trucks and stuff like that, where there's just a bunch of people out on the street. It's just like no, no, no. Gonna gotta get through all these people. I don't want to stand anywhere near you. Get out of my way, please. Um, and the same thing happens in the exhibit hall too. Um, but so yeah, that's that. 
Uh, Shoutouts. Um, obviously, uh, getting to meet you finally in person, Adam, was great. Uh, getting to help you out with recording the panels and just hanging out was awesome. Getting to see all of the RPPR people and all the people from the group me and, and stuff like that was awesome. Getting to meet some new people that aren't a part of that, but were kind of tangentially related. Um, so one of the guys that showed up for the Greg Solzy game was from, I think he's from Sweden? But he was a really cool guy. We're friends on Facebook now, along with a couple of people that were at the Glancy game. So yeah, we got to meet a bunch of cool new people. Got to get to know some of the people I had met like last year a little bit better. Got to actually like hanging out with some of the designers that I like, things like that. And picked up a couple of books. I picked up Delta Green Agent's Handbook. Picked up the Through a Glass Darkly, which is a novel by Dennis Detwiller. Picked up X Risks, the latest uh, Eclipse Phase book. The Day After Ragnarok, which is a Savage World scenario or setting by Ken Height. And that's really about it. I didn't do a whole lot of shopping this year just because there was a there wasn't a whole lot that really that really snagged my attention. Plus, I have to carry all this crap back. So, I brought up some books yep. to get signed. I got um, I got uh, Gareth Ryder Hammerhand to sign my Dracula dossier book. So I got both Ken and Gareth on there. Uh, nice. I got the entire uh, Delta Green guys uh, that I thought were involved in the project. Agent's handbook signed the book, but it turns out that um, and Scott signed the book and he was really cool about it. But I heard him over like. When I was by him later on today, he said, I, I don't think he had a lot to contribute to the agent's handbook. I think his is going to be... Most of his stuff is going to be in the, the Delta Green, the role-playing game book. Yeah, so he, he signed the book. He was gracious, but then I felt yeah. like, that's what you get for making fun of Noah, for getting Ken Hyde's autograph on a book he didn't write. Like, <laughs> so it came to bite me in the ass, sir. Yeah, there you go. No, I got him to sign it, too. Um, I had so I had a great uh, little thing happen in front of me. When I was getting my book signed. So, Dennis Detwiller works for Monty Cook Games now. And when I was getting my agent's handbook signed, uh, they were looking for, like, a pen. And so Shane signs it, signs it. They hands it off to Dennis, and he signs it. And then he puts... I think he just puts the pen down or something like that. And Shane turns to him and was like, what are you doing? Like, does the, the, the pen belong to Monty now, too? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was... It was hilarious that was nice um yeah and then i got uh, greg and and scott to, to sign it i picked up um from Pelgrane's booth i picked up uh, letters to lovecraft and it was a collection of fiction written that is in response to his uh on supernatural horror on horror whatever that article he wrote mm-hmm. i meant to get they have a book called swords and mythos that i mm-hmm. meant to pick up but i waited till sunday and they had sewed out of it Wow. Other than that, I picked up Eyes Only. I had to buy my copy, but uh, I picked up. So here's the, oh, I I already had a copy, and then I got that copy in the green box. And here's the the kicker is that I saw the person that got uh I saw the video of the the person that got it on the third day, and they got a copy of Targets of Opportunity. I was like, damn it, I should have like waited or something. Yeah. So as far as other things, I think I bought a oh I bought a work uh, a shirt for work up there. I didn't. I mean, it's kind of like you. There's like a lot of things I could have bought, mm. but nothing really jumped out at me. And I, I've got medical bills coming up anyway, so I didn't want to spend too much money. But yeah. uh, I picked up a uh, collared shirt that had uh, I can't remember which booth it was, but it had uh, Miskatonic University 
crafts mm. on it so I can wear it to work and be all smug. That I, I'm- uh, I picked up the the Delta Green and the um, the Phenomenax shirts at Arc Dream too. So awesome! I, I meant to do that and forgot. So what's in this with? Um, and then Chris, like, definitely jump in. But here's my advice. First off, you're wanting to yeah, plan to go there five days. Just show up on Wednesday, get there early, get your ticket, enjoy yourself, get settled in. Like, if you book the place and you're like trying to find parking opening day, you're going to have to s- sacrifice your wife to the gods that be and have her take the kids to the zoo while you run off to go play nerd games at the con. I didn't mention this beforehand, but I felt like a louse every time it happened to, I signed up for these panels and they were supposed to give me tickets to where, you know, I show up and I can give it to the presenters. Well, I didn't get a single ticket for the panels I signed up for. So every time that somebody came around asking for tickets, I just sat there like a knot on a log because I didn't have them. And I felt like it was like I was at church and like a collection plate was passing me by. <laughs> and I'm like, nope. Next, like I, f- I felt like a deadbeat, and I, I wish I could have like given people these tickets, but they screwed me over. So be aware that if you're going to panels, sign up for them so you can get the tickets to get the presenters. And if they don't sign up for them, just screw it, disappear into the crowd like I did, and hope nobody notices that you're a deadbeat. Adam yeah. human deadbeat. Um, I kind of had to do that with the the, the Luzaki panel because he was real real forward about getting the the tickets and stuff like that, but it is better to show up without a ticket than to give them a generic ticket, because the generic tickets are $2 a piece, and when they turn them into Gen Con, Gen Con is like, why the fuck are you charging $2 for this free panel seminar thing? So, that is something to keep in mind. Generics are for, like, paid events only. Bring good shoes, guys. Like, I, I don't have that option because I'm crippled and all that, but I was wanting to tell Chris this. At Gen Con, I, I, have, I wore my Fitbit particularly for this, but I wear a Fitbit because it's my clock and I'm trying to get healthy now that I quit smoking. For Gen Con, in th- over the four days that I was there, I walked 33 miles. So That's all? That's a lot for me. 33 miles in like three and a half days? That's quite a bit. I'm sorry. I, I am very healthy, guys. <laughs> I do a lot. Yeah, you do. Okay, Chris. You're the healthy one, but uh, it's, there's a lot of walking, so, you know. Uh, Noah, any advice? I don't know if there's there's that much. Uh, make sure to check the weather report before you, you, you get there, like maybe a day or two before, just to see what the temperature is supposed to be like. Make sure, I would say, maybe have like an extra shirt or something like that on hand, like put it in your, your backpack or whatever. Oh, definitely several. Yeah, yeah, deodorant and stuff like that too. Some of the stuff we already covered in our in our pre-Gen Con kind of thing. So I'm just trying to think if there's anything that really jumps out at me. I keep hearing this from some of the other people, but make sure when you're setting up your events, leave yourself some time in between events because more than likely you're going to have to like run from one side of the convention center to the other, which is not a fun experience, but it, it's going to happen. And events. When they start, when they say they start. Otherwise, just, you know, be polite, be courteous, bathe. And, I mean, feel free to, to chat up your favorite, like, game designers and stuff like that when you get there. But try and leave an opening for anybody that's actually coming in to, like, purchase things, stuff like that, at the booth. You yeah. don't want to, like, hog all their free time. Awesome. Uh, Chris, do you have any questions for us, man? 
Um, not at the moment. I'm sure I'll think of some. Uh, I'm sure I'll think of something later, but well, I hope it's under the context of hey, I'm getting ready to buy tickets to go next year. So yeah. uh, we definitely hope to see you up there, so we can all three be in the same room at the same time. Be careful not to hit your head on the doorway, you tall assholes. <laughs> I'm sorry, Shorty. I couldn't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was tons of fun. I know we're we're leaving out some stuff, but um, yeah, it that was Gen Con. I never saw anyone pass out from heat, but in the evening, walking back, I saw a couple of drunks pass out in the hallway. I don't know if I saw anybody passed out. I did see an ambulance out front at one point, though. So yeah, it, I know it happens. It always happens. Yeah, it always does. But it's, it's an amazing thing. Well, guys, I'd like to thank you for joining me on uh, help. Oh, fuck. Why am I thanking you? You're part of the show anyway. I just should thank the listeners. Well, you can still thank us. Well, Jeez. Hey, guys, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for being my friends, and I do mean it in all sincerity. Thanks for listening. Is like uh, an overstatement. <laughs> Uh, Tell them the best friends. <laughs> thank you for everything, man. But I'd like to. Well, I'm thanking people. I'd also like to thank uh, Ghost Mice for allowing us to use their song "Critical Hit" for both our intro and outro. You can find that that album on Planet X Records. So, if uh, you would like to reach us, we can be located on Facebook at the Role Point Exchange. We also have a Twitter page and that is take us and uh, do we have an instagram not yet no not yet we don't have an instagram we don't have a, a tinder or grinder yet um grinder is that like the gore site no no okay <laughs> um God, uh, also... grinder for us <laughs> none of us are gay though you can find us on tinder to swipe right and yep. um also uh, at uh, http semicolon slash uh, realplaneexchange.com <laughs> can they give the entire average hey I mean I'd, thorough. Set, I'd set up a tinder for us but it's just like a bunch of weirdos in south florida dude I get enough emails like comments and on the on the page as it is with like people wanting free like offering free sex and animal sex and all that on the comments I don't need dick pics popping on there so we may well leave Tinder alone you can find my personal Twitter at at common otaku k-a-m-e-n-o-t-a-k-u my tumblr if you wanted to see a bunch of weird stuff that I just reblog should be tumblr.com slash Noah Lathotep. N O A H L A T H O T E P. Awesome. Well, on that note, uh, thank you again for uh, checking us out and uh, look forward to sharing our uh, wisdom and anecdotes and, well, wisdom. Huh? Let me restate this. <laughs> no, no, wisdom. That's fine. Wisdom, wisdom works, but we look forward to uh, talking with you next time. This is Adam, so I it out. <laughs> Fuck, we need to make an a- exit on this guy. <laughs> Once again, we didn't think this through. Nope. And- Not all fights are won by skill. Some are won by luck. Don't ever give in. You've got to keep on trying till you lose or you win. Cross your fingers, roll the die. Wait with hope for the big 
let it go, let it go, let it go. Let it roll, let it 